Welcome to the HCC Podcast. Our mission is to nurture love for God, love for self, and love for others as the highest goal of humanity. May the following message nurture that love in your life. And remember, you're always welcome at HCC. It's a perfect church for less than perfect people. Peace. The secret of contentment is truly a secret because most people don't know how to live it. Maybe you don't know how to live it. LaDon didn't know how to live it until she got in touch with some biblical study that helped her understand how to live in a sense of contentment even while surrounded by banging magnets in an MRI. You can do the same. The secret of you listening to someone denigrate you yet remain content in Christ is amazing. It's floating, not fighting. It's not being caught up in the white water and drugged to the bottom. It's about paddling on top of the white water and floating on your back, relaxed, recognizing that your contentment is Christ. Your contentment is not you or your circumstances. And I'm saying that passionately because I want that in your life. Jesus wants it in your life, Paul wants it in your life. It's available. It's not pie-in-the-sky religious platitudes. The secret of contentment is possible and real. Just like LaDon never imagined she could ever be rolled into an MRI. She was sure she was going to have a panic attack and hyperventilate and claw the place, tear the place apart. Until she got in touch with the true peace of Jesus Christ in her. And this is the secret, I'm telling you, is real. The challenge of contentment, though, is before us. We talked about impediments a few weeks ago. We talked about things that we could do to engage those impediments and get beyond them. This is a challenge of contentment, that we are externally oriented. And that's very real. We just think about everything that's outside of us. We engage everything that's outside of us. Right now, you're generally externally oriented. You're looking at me. You're hearing me speak. You're in an environment where other people are. There's, it's hot. It's cold. It's, it's too loud. It's too soft. It's too bright. It's too, too dark. It's, all these things are affecting you and distracting you because we are generally externally oriented people. There's nothing wrong with that. But what's wrong with that is when we have no sense of internal orientation. That's the danger Now, the challenge of contentment is that God is internally oriented. How is God internally oriented? He's internally oriented through stories like David and Goliath. Goliath, obviously, was an incredibly visually imposing figure. But there was one person in the mix that was not externally oriented, but was internally oriented. And because of his internal orientation, trust and faith in God, that God is bigger than Goliath or anybody else, and that he lifted his gaze off of Goliath and onto the bigness of God, all of a sudden Goliath became puny and inconsequential. It's exactly the same as you're looking at an offense or a challenge or a lack of promotion or or some other type of health problem or crisis, and you're recognizing, if I would just lift my gaze off of that Goliath, I would see the bigness of God. This is our David and Goliath type understanding that David had an internal orientation and saw Goliath as Goliath is, nothing in comparison to God. In the very same way, we look at the New Testament, David and Goliath, 
which is Jesus and Pilate. And Pilate says to the, in his Goliath, best, best Goliath voice, do you not know I have the power to, to kill you or to set you free? Now, when somebody's got the power of life and death over you, that's a pretty serious power. And Jesus, taking the position of David, internally oriented, is like, what? So? You would have no power over me other than that which God has given you. So, you do what you got to do. I know God's going to take care of me. And there is a contentment in the face of life and death that is available to Christian people because contentment is Christ. Not you, not your circumstances, it is Christ. And as we orient ourselves internally, we recognize that it is no longer we who live, but Christ who lives in us. And as we decrease, he increases. And as he increases, our circumstances take on a much smaller vision. So what is external to us all of a sudden becomes small and puny compared to the giant God of the universe that lives in us. Who is Christ? 1 Samuel 16, 7, another example. But the Lord said to Samuel, Don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearances, but the Lord looks at the heart. You judge your life by outward circumstances and appearances and what your boss is going to do or what your 401k is going to do or what your, what your projected health progress is or your prognosis is and you're looking at it that way and you're assessing everything based upon those external circumstances and God is saying, I'm an internally oriented God because I'm bigger than any circumstance outside of you. It's no longer you who live, it's Christ who lives in you. As you decrease, I increase. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. The challenge of contentment. We're externally oriented. God is internally oriented. Contentment is an inside job. That's a struggle for us because we're always looking to go get something external. You came here today, perhaps by and large, to say, okay, preacher boy, do something. Preach me happy. You know, maybe your disposition. You know, you're looking for something external to do something to you. That's never God's orientation. It's an inside job. It takes you allowing the Holy Spirit within you to fill you fully in order to give you that victory over things like anxiety, fear, depression. Now, no doubt there are clinical examples and expressions of that that you need help with, perhaps medication. I get that. However, for the garden variety anxieties and depressions and fears and offenses and all kinds of other externally oriented things that we deal with, it's, it's getting in touch with the Christ in us that gives us victory over that. So our pace versus God's pace, this is a problem. Our speed is fast and God's speed is slow. That is a problem. Anybody got automatic volume control on your car? You know, as you go faster and the road noise increases, your volume increases naturally. As you slow down to red lights, your volume decreases. It's a really cool feature in a car. Unfortunately, God doesn't have it. Because as we go faster in life, and the noise of life increases, and the buzz of everything going around us and all our circumstances increases, God doesn't get louder, and he doesn't get faster. 
Your speed is fast, God's speed is slow. This is a real problem, especially in our current day. Our pace and God's pace. Christians today, listen to this quote, Christians today are too busy and distracted for God to be number one. They run off to the stadiums and theaters, leaving the houses of worship empty. Is that not a statement about our current modern day sense of particularly spiritual lethargy we've been talking about? Coming back to church, all those types of things, you know, being engaged, getting active, committed, loyal, staying true to God's agency in the earth. This is such a contemporary characterization of where we are. However, it was said in the fourth century by John Chrysostom, one of the early church fathers. He was, after the Edict of Milan had been come out and Christianity was made legal, it was several years after that, several decades after that, that they got to this place where all of a sudden Christianity was easy. And because Christianity was easy, people were so much more inclined to ditch church, ditch Bible study, go to the theater, hang out at the stadium. And John was a pastor, a church leader, just devastated by that. We struggle today with the same thing. This is not a new problem, but the problem is dramatically intensified by technology. Would you agree? If you don't, let's check this out. According to Business Insider journalist Julia Knopflin, 2016 research by MIT recognized that the average iPhone user touches their phone 2,600 times a day. What? Huh? Yeah. Swipe, 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 swipe. 2,600 times a day average. How many times do you touch your kids? How many times do you touch your spouse? These are challenges for us in this time of our pace versus God's pace. A neuroscientist summarizing the article said, if you grow dependent on your smartphone, it becomes a magical device that silently calls attention from your brain at all times. I got it. It's calling me. It's calling. Instagram's calling me. Facebook's calling me. I wonder what's going on. Did someone return my text? It's calling me. It's calling me. I can't pay attention right now, or I'll pretend I'm paying attention. Yeah, uh-huh. We're talking to somebody while we're texting, while we're typing. You know, we're trying to have conversations. We're, we're watching one TV screen and three other smaller screens all at the same time. and It's always calling to us. This is amazing from Nick Carr in his Pulitzer Prize winning book, The Shallows. This is an amazing quote. What the net seems to be doing is chipping away my capacity for concentration and contemplation. Whether I'm online or not, my mind now expects to take in information the way the net distributes it. In a swiftly moving stream of particles. Once I was a scuba diver in the sea of words, now I zip along the surface like a guy on a jet ski. And our relationships mirror that very thing. 
we skip along on the surface of relationships as we barely pay attention to each other because we're so distracted with other things and the pace of our life is moving us so quickly and we're inundated constantly with 24-7 work intrusion, social media intrusion, uh, uh, entertainment intrusion, news intrusion. We're constantly distracted. I'm not saying this right now to try to lay guilt or shame on people. I'm just bringing to your attention the incredible tension between contentment is Christ and convenience and comfort of all the world's distractions. African porters knew what we do not. Um, a lady uh, that I'm going to share with you in just a moment, Letty Cowan, tells the story of early British explorers to Africa. In those 1800 times, 1700 times, you know, as people went, you know, were thinking, man, Africa is this dark continent, you know, because it's unknown, it's unexplored, you know, there's all kinds of mystery and, uh, about it. They were going there often, these explorers would mount massive amounts of money and get over there and rally uh, tribesmen and they would take them into the jungle. And so the, one particular story is of one of these explorers who landed on the beach, gathered his, his porters together, got all their stuff and launched out right away into the jungle and just marched all day long all into the evening and finally just fell down exhausted at the end of the day and then as everyone slept the, the, the explorer got up in the morning rallied everyone had the bugles blow gather up the stuff get the tribesmen let's charge on because he had an agenda to take care of and he couldn't get any of the African tribesmen to move he couldn't get them to wake up he couldn't get them to get involved and they said we're not leaving he bribed them. He, he asked to pay them more. He threatened them with physical punishment. If you don't get up and do what I tell you. And they refused. And ultimately the reason they refused was because they said, we have to wait until our souls catch up. How many of us at the end of the day feel like we've lost our soul far behind us? And as we've just exhausted come to the dinner table or to, to, the, to the end of the day easy chair or felt, or felt like cut like redwoods fell into sleep. Like Ray Bradbury said in his book. So here we are in this instance where African porters knew what we do not know. Letty Cowan says this in her book, telling the story, this whirling, rushing life which so many of us live does for us what that first march did for those poor jungle tribesmen. The difference, they knew what they needed to do to restore life's balance. Too often, we do not. We have no mechanisms to adjust ourselves to the pace that we live. Because our pace of course, is very, very fast, and God's pace is slow. Before the Industrial Revolution, significant social change in the West occurred every seven to ten years. Today, significant social change occurs every seven to ten months. Can we not say amen in the last two years? Goodness, have we not changed. The sheer self-created pace of our Western world is hurtling us towards oblivion. What is oblivion? Oblivion, oblivion is being unaware of what's going on. What are you, oblivious? This is me saying to me and you today, what, are we oblivious? 
Can we not see what's happening? Can we not see the schemes of the devil that's undermining and eroding contentment at every turn? Can we not see what the devil is doing to put really cool, comfortable, convenient things in our hands to distract us from any possibility of contentment in Christ? Can we not see it? We are hurtling towards oblivion. And we're laughing all the way. Unbelievable. Yes, our pace and God's pace. Our speed is fast. God's speed is slow. The challenge to contentment, we are externally oriented. God is internally oriented. Contentment is an inside job for sure. Contentment is Christ and it cannot be gained by YouTubing it. Becoming like Jesus, you can't YouTube it. You can YouTube sweating a joint in copper plumbing. You can, you can YouTube that. And I've done it and tried it. Didn't work, but in, in any event, I did it. It's user error. You can, you can YouTube anything, almost. You can never YouTube peace. You can never YouTube Christ-likeness. Apprenticeship to Jesus is a long obedience in the same direction. If you are wanting to discover this secret, you're not going to be able to go through a drive through church. There's no way that a preacher, when you come to that church, can tell you, let me give you the three quick points to contentment in Christ. Not possible. Contentment in Christ apprenticeship to Jesus, becoming more like Jesus, which is Galatians 4.19. Paul's whole message was that you be formed in Christ, that Christ be formed in you. This is only achieved by a long obedience in the same direction. So let me give you the contentment, the compounding contentment miracle. Hope you can see that. I don't know why you can't see the line up there. I'm not sure about that. I don't know why that is. It didn't translate. So you that are online, uh, you're going to have to consider the vertical axis by contentment and the horizontal axis right above time. But you can see all this, right? See this? Okay. So contentment is here on the vertical axis and time is the horizontal ac axis, axis. And so if you know anything about compound interest, you know that if you would have started saving more money while you were younger, you would be much richer now. And the reason that everybody tells you to do that, in fact, our new children's pastor, Julia, was in our meeting, our staff meeting the other day, and I said to our CFO, Goldie, I said, Goldie, have, has Julia gotten on the retirement program? Julia's like 24 years old, 23 years old. You know, she's never going to die. She's never going to retire. You know, she, that's, that's what 24-year-old, 23-year-olds think. And so I said in front of everybody, is she on the retirement yet? And Goldie said, oh, I don't think so. I don't think we had time to do that. I said, good, don't pay her until she is. Don't pay her until she is. Julia woke up at that time. And so Julia's going to get on the retirement plan. Yes. Or she'll be homeless. But she'll start saving money and be rich one day. Because of compounding interest. 
you don't know what it is, you just give a little bit of money for a long period of time. And over time, and that consistent long-term investment of a little bit of money over a long period of time, ultimately hits a, a, a place where it just arcs upward and takes off. This is exactly the same thing with regard to contentment. It is a long obedience in the same direction. It's a long obedience in the same direction. And you put in the faithful, consistent work of all these things that we talk about here, and you will ultimately find that place where you hit that moment and boom, you take off into this depth of Christ-likeness that is contentment like you've never experienced before. And it happens right there. You just keep going. You just keep doing what you know is good for you. Anybody taking medicine that you're not sure whether it's working or not? I am. I take anti-cholesterol medicine. I have heart disease. I take it every night. And I just figure, I guess it's working. I just do it because the doctor says I'm supposed to do it. Listen to Dr. Steve. Listen to Dr. Steve. Would you just do it? Just do it. Don't, don't ask me on Tuesday, this coming Tuesday, hey, I don't, I don't, I don't feel content yet. <laughs> because it's a long obedience in the same direction. Listen to Dr. Steve. Just take your soul medicine. Just keep taking it. So, cultivating contentment. Cultivate contentment by what? Create a soul health plan. You can go to Heritage Community Church Heritage Dash cc.org and you can scroll to the bottom there's a little icon there boom you click on soul health plan it opens it up it gives you all of the exercises all the things you can do it's it's your prescription list it's your medicine list your soul medicine list you want to you want to be more content in your future long obedience in the same direction just start these practices and keep doing them because they're good for you one day you will wake up and recognize wow that person just talked so down to me and I didn't even feel a bit disturbed <laughs> hallelujah praise the Lord my family came over and I cruised through that family dinner with what used to drive me insane, you'll just all of a sudden wake up and realize, holy smoke, I am rich in contentment. That's the miracle of contentment compound interest over time. Basic soul core exercises. If you've ever been with a trainer, what do they start with? The core. Because if you don't have your core strong, doesn't matter if your legs are real strong, your arms are real strong, you're going to fall down anyway. Your core has to be addressed First, and these next things are soul core exercises that are simply fundamental. If you decide not to engage them, what you're doing is you're creating weakness for yourself. Regular church engagement, prayer as conversation and recreation and recitation. When I say recitation, I mean you're saying the, the Our Father, you're reciting memory scripture, you're reciting other prayers that you memorize and realize. Scripture memorization, you engage it, you keep going over it, you keep building more, you add to your memorization over time. And as you do it as you're younger, it will bless you as you're older because old people like me can't memorize as well. Our brains are getting hard. Can't teach a old dog 
Well, I don't really believe that because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, right? There you go. Scripture memorization. Scripture memorization, contentment-causing passages. Write them down. These are your memory verses. You want medicine? Just take that and call me in 20 years. Just take that and start taking it every day. Memorize these things. Here's your prescription list right here. I recommend Psalm 133 out of the message, Psalm 23 out of NLT, and Philippians out of NLT. I recommend those translations because they're really rich in their engagement. I hope you'll memorize those scriptures. Create a soul health plan, basic soul health, soul core exercises, all these, and then ultimately cultivate soul health Pinterest. How many of you are on Pinterest? Come on, women, raise your hand. You know you are. Men, we forgive you for being on Pinterest. If you have one, Bob, I'm sorry, but it's okay. We don't, we don't judge you right here. Pinterest is all about telling the world what you like and what you are. Think about curating a soul health Pinterest. When people visit your soul, what do they know about you? Every day people are visiting your soul. At work, you take your soul with you. At work, you take, when you drive, you're driving with your soul. What do people know about you on 695? What do people know about you? Community to D.C. in and out of it. What, what do they know about you in the elevator? People engage your soul all day long. What do they know about you? Curate a soul, a soul Pinterest. That's all the stuff that you love about Jesus. All the stuff that you love about God, all the scriptures you adore, so that every time people engage your soul and visit your Pinterest, your soul Pinterest page, which is yourself, they're seeing and hearing and learning about all the things you like and love. With consistent soul investment over time, this will describe you. Remember we talked about this previously? I, always, I would always say in the last few weeks, does this describe you? I'm telling you, you do what I'm telling you to do. Listen to Dr. Steve. You do what I'm telling you to do over time, this will describe you. It may not right now, but it will. A tranquil soul full of peace, shalom, assured of your salvation through Christ, fearing nothing from God or human, trusting God's sovereignty, content with any earthly circumstance. Goodness gracious, I want that. And ultimately, Jesus says this. We've, we've shared it before. Matthew chapter 11. This is really his invitation to you. His invitation to you is right here. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Not a vacation that you got to have a vacation for, but a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. That is the secret of contentment. That is available to you. Would you stand with me? A couple weeks ago, I shared with you this book 
from Mark Rutland who spoke to us a few months ago. 21 seconds to change your life. We may have some out at our resource center. You can get it on Amazon. 21 seconds to change your life. It's teaching you how to memorize either the Lord's Prayer or Psalm 23 and how to pray it. How to pray it in such a way that you will experience a sense of contentment and joy like you've never known before. I want to encourage you that if you don't, if you don't have this book or you want this book, just if, feel free to text me. Feel free to call the office. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure out how to help you get it. But right now, I want to read you a passage of Scripture out of Psalm 73, verse 28. It says this, We are in the very presence of God. Did you know that? That right now, we are in the very presence of God. We don't have to wait till we die to be in the presence of God. We are in the presence of God right now if we will open ourselves up to it. God is right here, right now. Not only all around us, but he's wanting to be in us. Listen to this. We are in the presence, the very presence of God. Oh, how refreshing it is. We've made the Lord our home. Have you made the Lord your home today? If you've never really opened yourself up to Jesus, right now is your opportunity to do that. Right now is your opportunity to, to look into the TV you're watching on, the computer, the phone you're watching on, look at me and say, I want, I want the secret of contentment. But you heard today that the secret of contentment is Christ. And if you don't have Christ, you can never have contentment. He is the beginning and the end of it all. And so I want to encourage you right now as we, as we sing this song, just say a simple prayer to God. Lord, I've been living without you. I've been living my life without you. I want to open myself and invite you to forgive me of living my life without you. I want to live with you. That'll be the beginning of your journey towards contentment. And the secret is that it's Christ in you. <laughs>